Jim, James, Tim. What's his name? I wrote it down. Jeff. <laughs> Please welcome Jeffrey Lord. Oh, this is for the Jeffrey this Lord is- show. Lord, really? I thought Jeffrey Lord was kind of like a real guy. How are you supposed to be a strong, thrilling, powerful warrior and lover with a name like this? It is like a weak ejaculation. <laughs> Jeff. The Lord is the gatekeeper of all music in Fort Worth. Oh, Jeffrey. If you don't love the Lord, you're F and F. Like, really, is this the level that you sung to, Lord? So I'm done with Jeffrey Lord. Hey, 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 welcome to the Funky Town Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. All right, have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. All right, everybody. Hope you're having a good day this kind of cold weekend. It was really nice all week long, and then today it was all... Yesterday it wasn't much better, and it just takes all my energy away, and I don't get anything done. I really wanted to work in the yard, and it just wasn't good for that, but I'm not here to complain about the weather. That's what old men do, and I am a very young whippersnapper. Oh, well, I shouldn't say whippersnapper. That's something that old men say as I pull my sweater around my chest a little snugger because it's kind of chilly in this room. Where's my blanket? Anyways, hope you guys are having a good day. I've been having a good day, good weekend, and uh, in a couple of days we're going to have Valentine's Day. So if you're listening to this on, you know, Tuesday, then uh, happy Valentine's Day. Um, if you're listening to this and you're like, I wonder if he's going to talk about the Super Bowl, probably not. It is happening right now as I am talking to you. The Super Bowl is going on. Um, last time I checked, the Kansas City Chiefs were losing. To the San Francisco 49ers. Is it like 13 to no 10 to 3, maybe? So still got the second half to get through. And we'll see who comes out on top. But I don't have any sports ball analysis for you guys. But what I do have is local music. And this week I have a really cool guest. Uh, his name is Neil McAllister. You may know him from he used to play guitar with Denver Williams and Chilamundo, along with Caleb and um Nick Tittle, and I really, really dug that version of Chilamundo, and um, that's where I met Neil from, was during that time period and stuff, and we've been friends, you know, ever since, and we keep in contact, and lately, he's or last couple of years or so, I guess, he's got a new project that he's been doing called Mo Hey Now, him and another gentleman, and we'll get into into that, um, who's in the band, and kind of how it got started, and I don't know what the vision is and all that kind of good stuff. We'll do the normal, typical stuff. He also writes poetry, and um, he's just a cool, interesting dude, multi-instrumentalist. He's got some cool videos up on the YouTube channel. Um, You can find him. So I'll link his podcast in the podcast. I'll link his websites in the podcast links and stuff. And so if you don't know who Neil McKinney, Alistair is. Um, hope you get to know him with this podcast, and by the end of it, you're like checking out all this stuff because he's got a lot of really cool stuff. He's a really cool dude, and so we're gonna play a couple songs from him tonight, like we normally would. He um, a few weeks ago, I played one of his songs. It's called Dallas Women, and if you haven't heard that, go back um, a couple weeks. I think it's one of my shows where I play just music, and Dallas Women is in that mix, and it's a great song. Didn't want to play it again a couple weeks later, so. I was going to pick um, one of his more recent songs that he's done. He's got a video out for it. It's called Double Clown, and it's a great song, really interesting. And um, 
but I was like, I don't know. I, I he he has another song. It's a little bit older, and it's called something new. It's funny because it's called something new, but it's a little bit older. But I uh, I really like it. It's got a it's got a great video on YouTube on that as well, and um, I think it's off of his sick EP. But uh, it's a really cool song. I like the lyrics, so I thought we would start off the show with um, something new, and then um, we'll close the show with an actual new song from Mohe now. Stick around and find out what it's called. Here we go. Something new. Yeah, I've got problems. Yeah, I've been through hell. My brain acts funny. Or can't you tell? We've all got drama. Mr. McAllister. Am I coming through all right over there? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. How am I coming through? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Um, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Did you enjoy this Sunday? Yeah, I did a big photo editing session. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Oh, hang on real fast. My phone is... It buzzes sometimes. I don't know. I don't think it it comes through, but I wanted to try to fix it real quick. Yeah, I got the AC going on and off and making a little tea, so I hope it's not too much racket. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't even hear any of that. So, um, yeah, so we were texting earlier, and I was asking you how you were feeling about the Super Bowl, and you're like, I don't have any interest. Do you even know who's playing? Uh, Gwen Stefani? No. I mean, who's playing the <laughs> the actual sports teams that are playing? Um, if I guessed, I'd be wrong. Probably, I I have yeah, actually no. no clue. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. Um, no, I always find it amazing because I do a podcast every Sunday, and so I'm always having them on the uh, 
Super Bowl s- s- Sunday. And I don't think I've ever had anybody be like, hey, man, can I do it next week because I got the game I want to watch or whatever. I always somehow manage <laughs> to find people who, you know, that week who aren't really in, into it, which is – I keep up with it just in the way that I keep up with kind of current events. And I know that's all everybody's going to be talking about. So if I want to get any – if I want to understand what's, you know, some of the jokes or some of the memes, then you have to kind of halfway pay attention to it. Yeah. Closest I do – is follow a little tiny bit of basketball, but still, I'm still not even like, you know, I, I mean, it's cursory knowledge. It's like, not, I, I just don't, um, there are a few sports that I find any kind of interest in. I always liked hockey. That was the one that, you know, I would watch every game if I could. It's just, I'm not, I don't, I don't have cable and it's not over uh-huh. the air and it's not on like, you know, Netflix or anything like that. Um, and so I just, over the years, just stopped watching it because I just didn't have access to it. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm fine w- without it. But, man, I really like hockey. I could watch every single game <laughs> and play out. I love hockey. Hockey's nice. the best, yeah. So, and I think it's interesting, too, because there's a, I think to be, um, let me ask you, so, like, to be, like, a well-rounded individual do you think that you should have a little bit of all that stuff a little bit of the arts in you a little bit of like the literature in you you know like the intellectual stuff some of the athletic stuff um all the different do you know what i mean to try yeah to I, because there are guys that are out there that are like really good at at music and art and sports and act you know and it's like ah, and they're a good writer and it's like man how do they, how are they able to do all this stuff right yeah the like the kind of physical activity um things that i've been interested over the years are not very mainstream and you know i used to play like in grade school and stuff some sports and have pickup games here and there and you know i had a college professor i came back my friend had just had his uh guitar lesson and he couldn't participate with you know by performing anything because he had jammed his finger playing basketball wow. and my my professor said basketball is forbidden <laughs> <laughs> you know just like uh, straight out with it and uh you know i mean i've studied um uh some uh martial arts over the years um I'm trying to it's coming up on 10 years of studying this Chinese Kung Fu traditional family art um, that's called Julong Bagwatsang. And um, it's an internal art, so it's more focused on things like meditation and posture and standing properly and walking properly. And the goal is longevity. But the, the martial application is, um, you know, it's the art of surviving an ambush. Oh, okay. Because um, this actually goes back to like the Silk Road, um, and it's a you know they've got the documents. You know they've got each lineage holder all the way back to like the 1400s in the Sichuan province, where they used to basically be bodyguards for hire. Um, and there was a caste system, and bodyguard was higher than a martial practitioner. Um, because it was considered an art, um, and it was considered a trade. 
rather than something that's closer to like a monastic practice. Wow. But, um, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of what takes up my, I mean, I could sit there and surf the tube or I could just, you know, go in my room, do some stretches and, and do some meditating and, and then kind of like some of the meditating is, uh, uh, kind of a more straightforward practice called quiet sitting where you actualize, um, visualize like the, the items that you want to practice in your, um, in your form walking, there's not forms, but it's called circle walking. And you just kind of like sit there and quiet your mind and then take a visual approach in your mind to walking around outside. And like, and like how to stand and like how far to keep your feet apart and everything. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Or not crazy, but you know, like interesting. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I haven't really talked about it over the years, um, largely just because, you know, of things like uh, um, Houdini and how how Houdini, you know, he got famous for being able to take, you know, a cannonball or a punch to the stomach and then somebody just out of nowhere when he's walking downstairs gave him a sock to the stomach and that was how he ended you know his life wow so i don't you know i I just don't really i've kind of stopped worrying so much about those sorts of things and i think it's the the principles of like sincerity honesty humility and patience are far more important um than worrying about you know things like that (laughs) uh it's also um kind of i think a practice in mindfulness if you're constantly being mindful of your steps and your posture and the way you move and interact with other people if because we go through it just in motions we've been walking since we were you know what one or whatever Mm -hmm. to where it's just very you just kind of go you just you think about I'm going to walk and then you just go walking and you're doing all this other stuff while you're walking. Um, but it seems like a lot of that type of, whether it's yoga or exercise seems very mindful of yeah. what you're doing and how your body's reacting to it and how it all's connected to, you know, I think, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I took a speed reading course in college at one point. And, like, the first thing they asked was, when was the last time that you relearned how to read? Because most people read, you know, they learn to read when they're about six. Mm -hmm. You know, they start to learn to read when they're, you know, three and four and stuff like that. And then in junior high, there's usually a course. But, uh, you know, it's it's a similar notion. I mean, if you never kind of think critically about the way that you sit or the way that you walk um then you'll kind of naturally end up doing things like putting your weight on the front foot or slouching or things that you know in the short term aren't that bad for your body but that's where you get like knee problems and you get um problems with your internal organs and your upper back and your lower back and um 
so it's just kind of like it, at, the, at the very basic idea of it it's just you know utilizing the structure of your body the way that it is the most efficient to do so and i, I and I, I think that's also as spiritual um as it is it's also physical education it's athletics you know it may not be football or baseball but they still you know a lot of them train their bodies the same kind of way and have to be aware of exactly what's happening when why and how and um to be at that kind of professional level is at least i would think so yeah certainly and actually my teacher's teacher taught the Cleveland Browns in their most winningest season and back in the eighties. Oh yeah. Um, he taught their, uh, offensive line. <laughs> there's some, there's something to, you know, a lot of this stuff, man, a, a lot of, um, I guess it, it depends on how far you, you, you get into the, I don't know, like new age for the back for lack of a better words, you know, but people think of it as being like real, wacky hoo hoo la la stuff or whatever but a lot of the stuff <laughs> when it's practice is really healthy for you you know like they t- t- talk about you know what if they put like just meditation time in schools you know and had kids meditate yeah. for 10 minutes a day or whatever how much that would actually increase their learning and increase their health and has all these good benefits for it if, you, if they could just give them this now, i don't know how easy it is to get 10 year olds to sit still and you know just just be still for 10 minutes and just try to be quiet with your eyes closed <laughs> you know it's, it's got to be yeah harder. but it would be so good well, for it would certainly be additive i mean just the just p- putting that into uh, into their mind when they're that young would be so beneficial because maybe they wouldn't get it then or five years from then but maybe when they become an adult they think back and they're like oh i should do that <laughs> yeah know? yeah and I think, you know, it's there at, at times whenever, like, okay, now whenever you get angry, what are we going to do? I'm going to stop. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to count to 10. You know, it's kind of the, the same thing where you're kind of centering yourself back, and it's a little mini meditation to kind of slow your anger or whatever down. Um, you know, that's always a good thing. Count to 10, you know, real slowly. Absolutely. So yeah, anyway, yeah, it, it, go ahead. Well, it's um, one of the main things that it's helped me with is my anxiety. Um, just to your point, you know, I mean, it's like if you if you just it's like don't even have to be ten minutes. You know what I mean? It can be like it can be as much time as you can make time for, mm-hmm. um, and just taking that much of a mental break and attempting something called meditation or quiet sitting or something to that effect, you know, it, it kind of starts to weave, you know, into your day, this kind of just like, Oh no, it's, it's good to be relaxed. It's good to just be in my body and be human. And, you know, and then you can, uh, for me, it helps me to, to reapproach, um, some of the more difficult things in in life. Yeah, it's, it's real helpful if um, if you're able to 
stop and and do that. Um, and I can imagine that it would help with anxiety. Um, but I think sometimes too, though, it's like I'm sure that you've experienced in that anxious moment. It's like I can't separate myself from this moment. I, I, I can't take a deep, deep breath. You know, I can't count to 10. I can't remove myself because it's, it, it just grips you, you know, mm-hmm. at least what I don't, I don't have. I mean, I've, I've got anxiety, but not to the, I used to have really bad anxiety right where I had to go to the, to the emergency room because I was having panic attacks and they had to start to prescribe yep. me like the, um, like the Xanax pills or whatever. And I would take them not like party pills or whatever. I got Xanax, man. I got the bars. It's like, I would keep them and I would take them as prescribed. And, and, and a lot of time it was just taking them, um, one, little one, one at night before I go to bed and it would help me sleep and kind of keep me level, you know, the, for the very next day or whatever. But I had to take them for a while. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's, it's just the worst. And I think a lot yeah, of people I, suffer from that, from that affliction. I'm with you on both having had emergency visits and prescriptions because of panic, you know, and extreme anxiety. And, uh, so, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a walk in the park. And a lot of times people don't necessarily understand what you're going through either. So it makes it a little bit even more difficult. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, he's just sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anyways, man, I've, uh, it, it took me a while. Cause the last time, um, but not, well, not the last time that we had hung out, but the last time for a while, it's like, I saw you had long hair, you had a beard, you were playing with Chilla Mundo and stuff, you know, and then um, yeah. the pandemic hit and I didn't see you for a c- c- couple of years. When I saw you next, you were short haired, no beard. I didn't even recognize you, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think so, you're in the majority. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wow, like, yeah, there's a new guy in town, but he like knows everybody. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but I would see your stuff on Instagram, but I, I don't think I realized that it was you a lot of the time. It took me a while to, f- to figure out who mud was and who Mohe now was. And as I was like, you know, when, it, when you first started doing it or whatever. Um, yeah. But, uh, but it's like, I really dig it. I, I really did the first, I was going to play double clown because I know that you made, um, a new video for it. that came out the first of the year. Um, and it's Absolutely. really, it's a really cool song. Um, but I decided to go with, um, a song off the sick, EP called something new. Nice. It's like, I really like that song. Then I, you know, I like the lyrics of it and the message of it. Also like just the melody of it. It's a really great tune. Um, thank you. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but tell me about, um, about the band. It's just you and, and somebody else that plays drums. Yeah. It's, uh, Andres Arce, um, is, the drummer, he is a buddy that I met um, at Dr. Jekyll's. I had an open drum set one day. I was playing in a residency there in about 2019. And he came in, sat down on the drum, or asked if he, you know, 
he said, is that a drum set? And I said, yeah. He's like, can I play it? And I was like, yeah, you want to play? And then we went through and played Pouring Rain, and he just nailed the pocket. So after my uh, set, I think it was like uh, just the beginning of a 45-minute set, he was still there. For my break, I went over and got his number. I didn't text him until about 2021. And I was like, hey, I'm putting a project together. You you, you interested in and playing some drums sitting in on drums on it and he's like sure who's this <laughs> he's like, oh yeah sure i'm i'm, I'm down who's this again? <laughs> but then you know i told him who it was he's like dude i can't believe it's you that's so hilarious you still have my number um and so we you know we've been kind of just going full steam ahead uh last couple months i've been experimenting with some new um configurations for my guitar um and i'm running guitar uh out of one amp and then either bass or organ out of another simultaneously and then he's holding down the drums and uh we're still getting the hang of that but after we get the hang of it we're probably going to be booking some studio time so are you running two amps from the same guitar? Correct. And, okay, and so one is just real bassy, or, or you'll have a, like an effects pedal or something that goes to that that out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about using a keyboard amp, because um, it can cover the low end, and then it can also um, handle you know what sounds kind of more like organ. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, it's pretty straightforward garage rock, except just a two piece. And, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we end up playing when we're between tracks to me feels like, uh, you know, sixties psychedelia, like Hendrix. Um, and then we talk a lot about battles and deer hoof and, you know, I mean, very jammy, mm-hmm. um, very, very not song oriented when we're not running through rehearsal and i think we're going to try to capture some of that as well in the studio i think so be very interesting i think some of it's already there um there's because when i'm listening to it there are times where i get like kind of the same the same kind of feeling or vibe or maybe there's just something in it there's a chord or something that i that i hear that reminds me of the flaming lips and it's more of their psychedelic type stuff that they'll do you know I mean, you can hear nice. some, of the, some of the psychedelic in it so yeah, so that's very kind of you. <laughs> I, I have a weird question for you. Uh, do, so like, love weird questions. Okay, so like when I listen to Double Clown and like I think there's might have even been like another song where it's like I hear instruments that aren't there. Like in in Double Clown, I know why because it's got that ragtime almost circus feel, but I can almost uh-huh. hear like a baritone, not a baritone, but like a tuba or something going. I can hear like horns, like low end horns, and I know that it's not there. But I can hear it, you know. Even though I know, and there, there was, yes. there was, there was another so, song where it's like I, I could kind of hear a piano. There wasn't a piano. I think it's from the guitar. I think it's just the way that the strings are hitting on the guitar. But it sounded like a don't don't like a piano being keys being you know just hit over and over. And uh, well, on the on the second one, uh, I'm not sure exactly what that would be. There is a piano on on Double Clown, but that there's also um, I use um, an octave generator that has some more synthy sounds 
to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and th- you might hear that at the end of just a song when it kind of goes to that part with the fireworks yeah. and the, you know, it's real crazy. screams and, and all that stuff. That's, that's if, if it's similar to that spot, then that's probably what you're hearing. But as far as like a baritone, I'm not sure. Um, Joe Miller Gauche played uh, harmonica on that track. Um, and then there is bass. I mean, so these studio productions are not just a duo. Oh, right, um, right. It I'm doesn't sound like just to throw in every, you know, every idea I possibly can at them. And I'm really excited actually about having a completely different sound live than, than the studio recordings, you know, um, cause it just gives us the opportunity to, to have even more material proliferate from, you know, have live albums and have, you know, all oh, sorts sure. of different yeah. stuff, different versions, um, and stretch the material a little further, but not that I need it. I've got, I've got, you know, uh, at least about 15 drafts for songs that I'm working on right now in various stages of production. Yeah. And you have some of them that are out there as demos that have showed up later and you can hear more and more, a completed version of it and kind of see where it came from to where it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, my quite so like, just to clarify, um, I'm not trying to figure out what the sounds are that I'm hearing. Actually, I was just wondering if you ever hear sounds in other songs that aren't there. It was, was kind of where I was, I was going. I was wondering, like, if you ever listen to music. Oh, you'd be like, you'd be like, I'm you'd be sorry like, for interrupting. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> it, it's, it's totally fine. I just wanted to, uh, yeah. But I just wondered, do, do you ever hear songs and like hear, and not even like, oh, this would sound good if it had it in there, but actually like you kind of hear it. And then when you focus on it, you, you, you realize you're like, oh, that's not there. But it would be cool if it was there, but it's not there. Um, so I was just wondering if you ever heard music that in songs that wasn't actually in the song, at least for a second or two before you realized it wasn't. Does that make sense? <laughs> Is that weird? I Absolutely. Was a weird yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you know, um, I think you're, I mean, the brain is a beautiful uh apparatus for just that very type of um cognition when it's like your neurons are firing because like your eardrums being triggered in almost the exact way that like a a bassoon or baritone you know might do that but because there's a neural pathway there your brain just goes ahead and completes it you know it's the same with audiation like when there's no music playing and you can, I mean, not everybody uh, has the same um, fidelity, I guess, for lack of a better term. But like, if you can hear a song that you know, um, and there's not a recording of it playing, that's the exact same phenomenon happening. Um, and so, I mean, I experienced that all the time. And, and then, you know, I think a, a huge part of the production process is is listening for things that you want to hear um, that that aren't there. You know, um, that's how like some of the best magic happens. That's how your audience can tell you're paying attention. Mm. Is you know, it's like ear candy is what a lot of times is what it's called, but it's you know, it's just these little tiny notes and 
and oh you can't really hear it if it's at a low volume but in a set of headphones uh turned up midway right um you can hear a certain thing that's not there otherwise like on the back of the flaming lips cd transmissions from a satellite heart or no it was on uh whatever turn it on that first record of theirs it says uh all music on this cd is experienced best at full volume or some shit like that (laughs) i think that's where my hearing loss started but yeah uh you know like it's uh it's that's one of the most fascinating questions and um yes i do i experience that often Okay, because yeah, I thought maybe I was like, maybe I'm just, you know, hearing, kind of like you said, like I have I have a memory of a song that has this kind of sound to it, and it had horns in it, so that's why I'm hearing horns now, you know. But it's like I was really hearing them. It wasn't like I was imagining horns. You know what I'm saying? There is a like, Yeah. Like, like people say that, that they hear a voice inside their head. They have like an internal monologue and stuff, and I, I have one. I mean, I'm constantly in my head talking all the time. It's nonstop, yeah. but, but I don't hear it. You know, and when I think right. of other pe- people, I don't know that I hear them talking in the way that they sound or whatever, um, where I think there are people that actually hear, a voice, you know, they hear that inside their head. And so, but I do right. hear, but I, I do hear music. And sometimes if it's really quiet, I mean, like really quiet and nothing is, go- is, is going on, I can hear music in my head. Like it's almost like a, like classical music. But I can hear it, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the song. It's just, but I can totally. It, it's far away, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can totally mm-hmm. hear it. You know, it's weird. It's totally weird. Yeah, it's a that's a beautiful esoteric, like such an interesting principle to um, to look at. I mean, because like you can look at the neuroscience. Where like the same way you like walk up and down the same part of your yard that's not the pavement every day, mm-hmm. and you do that for two years, well then all of a sudden there's like a little dirt trail there, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's the same exact principle. It's like, you know, something fired in the direction of that path in your brain, and then your brain was just like, oh, this is a shorter route. Let's just go this way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, taking guitar lessons from Denver, and uh, nice. I was telling him that I'd, I'd watched a video the other day about this guy. This is convoluted. I watched a video about a guy who listened to a podcast, and he was kind of summing up the podcast a little bit. It, it, but it was a, a guitar guy, and the thing was um, learning as as um, as an older person. You know, and so I'm in, I'm in my fifties now, so I'm an older person, and I'm trying to relearn how to play the guitar. And he was t- t- talking about that whenever you're under 25, you know, everything in in your brain is. He didn't say elastic, but it was a word like that. But it's just mm-hmm. real, it's real spongy, and it's just you're just constantly learning all the time. It's really easy to learn. It's just because it's just that way. But as you get older, it it doesn't. Bec- it, it's not as spongy, you know. And so, uh, neuroplasticity. Yeah, that's what it was. Neuroplasticity. Yeah. So, he's like, when you start to learn something new, it takes a little bit, but once you start to do it, then it does become neuroplastic again. But it takes maybe like fifteen minutes in or whatever of your lesson, you, your brain starts to kind of get itself primed up for that kind of learning. And um, and, we, and he was just talking about like building those new pathways. You know, like whenever you're practicing a, a scale, you know, and you get it right, and you're 
your body gets that endorphin rush because you actually got it right. You know, it's like that thing is like ding, ding, ding. That's the right way to go. And I remember next time, that's the way to go, you know. And I was like, that's so in, that's so neat, you know, to think about. But he, but he went on to, to, to say that a really good way to get yourself primed before your lesson is to kind of do like a little, he said balance is really good. He, he likes to try to stand on, on his hands, you know, like on his head, not on his head, but on his hands upside down. And mm-hmm. as he's doing that, his body and brain is trying to figure out how to do it. So he's getting, his brain is starting to pump and getting neuroplastic or whatever <laughs> you know, it's getting loose yeah. or whatever you know and so he's like he's like and if you can't do that then just try to like stand on your on one foot for like five minutes you know but do some balancing acts for five minutes and then sit down and do your lesson or whatever and he's like because it'll probably because it should improve you know it should be easier and you'll it'll you know you'll learn quicker or whatever you know what i mean yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's easier, but I think it's just your instead of wasting the, the the first few minutes of your lesson getting your brain all gooey, you know, get it all gooey before you get there, and you can do that with balance. <laughs> and, I just, and I just thought it, I, I thought it was interesting to do it in balance because I think that's the one thing that humans really have a hard time with is balance. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I had a student, I think it's like one of the best things as you get older to take up new things. I had a student who was, um, when you started taking lessons from me, he was about 85 or so. Wow. And he was like a concert violinist and he decided he wanted to learn the banjo. Um, and so I just, you know, week after week we would go through, you know, um, all these, this, I mean, he had curated the songs before I could even help choose them. And I was like, okay, let me figure out these arrangements. But, you know, everything from Chris Christopherson to, um, you know, like this little light of mine and like, uh, um, Woody Guthrie, um, and his, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just like, he's, he seemed not only to be able to, pick up the banjo at that age it took him maybe twice as long as it would you know a student who's much younger sure but he did it and then he also progressed you know and um and it i i think his quality of life um potentially also improved uh and you know it's just a it's a telling it's like anytime you know i can try to start learning something that I maybe haven't touched on in a long time or, or something that's, you know, kind of been on the, on the periphery for a while. If I can kind of find a way to take a deep dive into it. And I think that's like the best thing you can do for your mind. Just keep learning. Yeah. Cause you know, that's, <clears throat> I tell my kid all the time, I was like, man, I was like, you can learn and learn and learn. And keep learning until the day you die. And you're, you may be super smart and smarter than almost everybody that you know, but you still ain't going to learn but a fraction of what there is to know. You know, there's just oh, yeah. so much out there to learn. I mean, you pick one That's topic. That's good dad talk right there. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not saying don't don't learn, but don't ever think that you know it all because there's right. always more, especially because he's really in, in into space and he's like i know a lot about space i'm like you do know a lot about space and, you know and he's kind of starts to get cocky and i'm like look you know more than me and that's something you know that's not even <laughs> that i'd be that proud of because i don't know that much about space i mean he 
he's he's a smart kid and he knows about space but i'm like this but there's still <laughs> you know as big as space is there's that much knowledge of you to learn it's like you're not anywhere close to knowing anything about oh space. yeah you know what i mean it's like it's you still got so much to, to learn which should make you excited that's kind of why i wanted to cause like i've been playing the guitar my whole life but i only just learned how to play it myself you know and just enough to do what i wanted to do with it and never really tried to play the guitar i mean be you know to be a musician with the guitar and uh so it's like i want to actually know what i'm doing and be able to play the guitar and uh and it's like and it's it, it's something that i can do as long as my hands can do it you know and my mind can can, can do it i can do it until the day i die you know and i still will never know everything there is to know about the guitar you know right well i've heard you hold your own with a an arrangement before I feel like i've heard you sing a, a a song or two you know well was it say all you need is a red guitar three chords and, and the truth you know i mean it's, uh, yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah well, i mean need. that's that's but I, I went with that i was like man i just need three chords you know i just need three chords yeah so here you go e a and b go go really good together so i'm gonna use that oh g c and d go really good together i didn't know i was doing one four five the whole time you know it's like every song is one yeah. four five like, i'm singing the same song over and over and over again in different keys yeah but, <laughs> i mean change the order of them up a little bit you yeah know, you can yeah i mean you know. so but i'm just saying i would you know i would i I I think that I did okay for what knowledge that I had, but it was very garage rock. It was just punk rock. It wasn't punk rock, but it was very much in the spirit of punk rock. We learned just enough to be able to play our, our instruments, not enough to be good at them, just enough to be able to put a few chords together and, and write songs, you know? Yeah. And, that, and so that's kind of all I ever did. And it's like, now I want to play you know, fancy stuff. And I kind of want to play fast and I want to do licks and I want to do runs and I want to do, you know, double stops and I want to do turnarounds and I want to do all that cool stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to do it. Well, you know, you know, playing slow is pl- harder than playing fast, right? No, it is. Cause I've watched people where they'll, they'll sit there and they're trying to show you something on YouTube, you know, on like how to do like a certain finger picking pattern and the slower down they get to try to show you the harder they have to do it and they can play it fast all day but you get them to do it at like 60 beats a minute or whatever they're just like or they're just like like they can't remember which finger comes next it's too slow for them it's it's muscle memory they're used to going fast you know right yeah you take it out of the muscle memory then then you know your transcription is no longer like i mean i don't know how what specific example you're talking about but slowing something like down ridiculously like from allegro to grave or something like that um not only will it be challenging for an individual but it'll be challenging for an ensemble to keep together um because uh i mean easiest way to illustrate this point is like put grab a metronome put it on the slowest setting possible and try to snap um you know half notes you know what i mean (laughs) yeah and you will you will have i mean i have trouble uh getting that second one right in line Uh, i used to do this thing with my students called the metronome olympics and it was kind of like you know it was basically a lesson to teach people how to enjoy using a metronome and uh like rather because it's i mean a lot of people don't 
enjoy it um, or know how to. Um, in my experience with, you know, I, I taught for about 18 years or so. And um, so it's taken exactly what you're talking about. Like take this thing that you want to play really fast and then you turn the metronome way up on it. And then you turn the metronome way down on it. And then you see if you can keep in line with like 20 beats per minute slower than you usually play it. And it's something that, you know, like back your hand um, and it often surprises people where they're, you know, I mean, they know something like the back of their hand and then they, all of a sudden they're being shown like a, a gap in their ability. And they're like, Whoa, this is a really useful tool, you know? And mm -hmm. it's uh, that, um, and there are other, you know, things to do away from the instrument with the metronome, but, um, y y you know, I mean, I think you're fully capable of doing, think that's, you know, believing that anyone is capable of doing whatever they, whatever they desire to do with an instrument is going to be the first best step you could possibly take, you know, mm -hmm. and then get to the specifics of your turnarounds and, and, and you're playing fast and, you know, the other things that you, uh, are interested in, in doing. And, um, because if, you know, if it's like that, that, it's in any discipline that self-talk is so important. Um, you know, if you have to finish a novel by, uh, two weeks from now and you've only read the first 20 pages and you keep saying to yourself, Oh, I'm never going to finish this. No oh, I'm never going to finish this. novel. I'm never going to finish this novel. Then odds are, you know, you're telling your brain, that, that that's what the outcome you want is. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, uh, I believe, you know, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I think that stuff's true. Like, I don't know how much I believe in, you know, you create your own a reality or you can manifest, you know, all these things, you know, there's a little bit of hooey fooey, you know, I, like I said to it, but I definitely agree. If you wake up in the morning and you're like, God, oh, man, I got a feeling that today's going to be a bad day. It's going to suck. Today's going to be a sucky day. And then it's going to suck, man. And, that, and at the end of the day, yep, I knew it. I knew it. And your brain's going to be like, yeah. And it's just going to program you, to, you know. No, I used to. And, it, yep. and this is silly, but like whenever I would drive, I used to have to drive to, to work. And it was 10 or 15 minutes. And I would, every morning, I mean, I would every morning. It didn't always work, but every morning I would, I would drive to work going, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to have yes. a good day. I'm going to have a good day. Yeah. Just oh, all man. the way to work. And I would just say that. And I would just sing it. And I was like, in most days. single. Yeah. <laughs> but but most <laughs> days I would have a good day. Now, there were some days where it still sucked ass. I mean, so I was like, I don't yeah. really know how much this works. But there were days where I'm like, I don't feel like singing. I'm like, Yeah. Man, if I don't sing it, I know I'm going to have a bad day. So I'm going to have a good day. I just start singing it anyways. You know? and so, but I haven't done that in a long time. But yeah, I would. You know, it's like I really I believed, you know, if you tell yourself that something's going to happen, you know, whatever. I don't know if I can sit here and go, oh, I'm going to win a million dollars. You know, because I did. <laughs> I did have a job once where I had a random duck. A drug test and i knew that i was going to fail it and i sang positive songs and i prayed and i meditated and i visualized of me passing it you know and did all the the that kind of and i failed it <laughs> so, <laughs> you know it's like yeah it, it doesn't work on everything <laughs> yeah so, so um now we haven't talked about 
Dallas Women. When I first heard that song, I was like, this song, see, it's like all your songs are a little different. You know, they all have different kind of feels to them, you know. And that one was like, thank you. That was kind of like your uh, Johnny on the Spot by Ween. I am your Johnny on the Spot. You oh, know? man, you caught that. <laughs> you know, it's really cool. I was like, I love it. It's so great. Holy smokes. You got a keen ear there. Well, I didn't know that you were going for that. I was just, but that's kind of what it was like to me. It was like, that was like, this is that Ween record song, you know, that, you know, that, because the Ween's that way. They'll just kind of go along and do certain things and they'll just hit you with Johnny on the spot or whatever, you know? It was like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily that that's what I went for. It's that, like, I mean, because the song originally was just electric guitar and voice. And I had written it about, um, a panic attack that I'd had after a second date. And, you know, a couple weeks later, I decided to track um, basically a demo of it. And I found that synth bass. And I was like, I know what I can do with this. This tone, it, uh, you know, it can handle the similar, like, because like, I think that uh, um, the riff that that's similar in the Ween song, it's a guitar. On the on this Dallas Women, it's a synth mm-hmm. bass. Um, but it's like you know, it, it, finding stuff like that where it's not on the nose, um, but it still kind of helps remind people of something or gives someone an inkling of you know something that they're familiar with. Um, like a motif, mm-hmm. you know, dropping a motif from another song in or something like that. Well, even the- that's exactly right. I mean, that you you're a hundred percent right that that's exactly where that idea came from in that song. You know, yeah, and I mean, but it's also surrounded by a lot of other, you know, uh, insanity for lack of a better word. <laughs> but I mean, even lyrically, just the motif of Dallas women, you know, there's a reputation, you know, being from here that, you know, when you say Dallas women, most people have a certain kind of image in their mind or whatever, you know, and just be like, body yeah. rocking fast, talking Dallas women. I'm like, this is awesome. Dude. This is so great. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how it flies in California or, or New York. I mean, I, get, I, I think it'd be fine. Cause people like songs that have a, a, a city name in them or whatever, you know what I mean? So I think it would work yeah. in, in, in anywhere but i think people around here would just really really like that you know it's just it's cool it's a really cool song thank you yeah i tried to i mean it's there's no um like dallas women isn't a pejorative by any means you know but um if you listen to those verses you know it's kind of i mean it is about a panic attack I had. So, you know, more or less the story is like, um, two people that I was hanging out with were just talking back and forth real fast. Mm -hmm. And like, I almost couldn't catch like physically almost couldn't catch my breath because like, I am a very close listener and like, um, that for some reason over the years, like my breath has gotten tied to my ears and I've found myself in that situation where, uh, I'm having trouble 
you know, gasping for air after, you know, finally there's a break in the conversation and, you know, no less not, uh, getting zero ed, zero words in edgewise, <laughs> you know, um, but the, the, the spirit of it um, ought to be, you know, it should feel fun. It should feel like, like um, a driving song yeah. that's adventurous, mm -hmm. you know, like throw it on when you're on your way to Dallas and be like, okay, get ready for this. Mm -hmm. Dallas people, you know. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, it's funny. It, it's just, it, when I was younger too, um, we would, it's like, there wasn't anything to do in Fort Worth so we all went to dallas that's what we went to deep ellum we went to greenville you know that's what what we did and so any girls that i met and dated they were all dallas women you know so <laughs> it's just so it's just it's funny to me um that that's still kind of a thing that the, that the fort worth boys date the dallas women yeah and, well and, and i'm from arlington so i can see the whole spectrum yeah you're basically yeah, you're kind of in the middle <laughs> Like Arlington's basically like homogenized suburbia, um, with a little bit of we have culture sprinkled in, you know. Sure. And uh, I think it's it's so interesting because what you just said about you know um, exporting all your fun times to Dallas, like that's what I grew up doing because otherwise the uh, the most fun thing we could do was hang out in parking lots or like pester um, food service employees at Wendy's or IHOP or, or something sure. like it was very, I mean, this is, I mean, I was a teenager almost 20 years ago now uh, at the latest, like, you know, so w we would go to the Ridgely or we would go to the, um, um can't think of the i mean good records um you know there used to be a, another shop over off greenville we would go uh look at clothes and all these people somehow we knew like a bunch of people everywhere from like maybe 30 miles south of denton mm -hmm. and then 30 miles outside of both dallas and fort worth so it's just so strange how like stratified the culture is and you, I mean, I, uh, you know, typifying things it, it is not the best route to go, you know, but I think as long as it's in good fun with, you know, entertainment in mind that, um, that there's, it's just a little bit of, you know, some good fun. Yeah. I just, I just, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, I don't have any idea. It's all right. It's, it's good. So like, it's, a, it's a it's a fun song. It, and so, but yeah, but I'd already said. No, I was going to say something about Fort Worth and Dallas, but I don't remember what it was. Um, well, that track is um, is the first one that we have on Bresan, um, and like getting the drums from for that was so much fun um, because the original. Um, release like bef um we hadn't mixed it yet but there there's another version with uh electronic drums 
And so it kind of go leans even further into that uh-huh. sound from like, you know, God, we and Satan and, and, um, pure guava. Yeah. Um, but we got real drums on it and it was like, you know, getting that mix back was just, ins- I was so stoked. <laughs> so, you, so you're going to have an EP coming out soon. Is that right? Or like this year? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about, um, kind of just dropping singles as they get going. Cause I have two, uh, EPs planned basically, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just putting things out in these little bite sized chunks, I think it, you know, I'm really enjoying the way that it's shaping the catalog. Um, and this project has been going since I was using my name instead of the band name in 2020. And, uh, it's been a long journey and a lot of planning, but, um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's an EP, some worth amount of tracks, you know, um, the next thing coming out is biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a single, it's a very short song. Um, and then, uh, there will be two kind of alternate versions that come along with it, um, from singles that have already dropped. So there's going to be an instrumental version of double clown. And then there's going to be, um, basically like a, a combo version of this universe is you and me, where you take out all the synth, take out almost every, treble instrument you know that's not um entirely distracting so it sounds like drums piano bass and a couple other you know guitar and voice and that's almost that's about it you know just so it'll be like real broken down and it's all the same performances so it's going to be a completely different delivery of the exact same material which i'm really excited about yeah that would see i think that'd be fun to do in the in the studio, you know, to be able to take certain things out and put new things in, you know, kind of mix it all up. And I like the remixes and stuff as well. Like, I mean, I know that this isn't like really like, a, I mean, it's kind of like a remix, but it's not like a remix. Like when you think of a remix, but we need some bands around here to do some remixes. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I, w- I mean, that you know, uh, short of it being club worthy i think it would be considered a remix okay you know? yeah i was just thinking i mean it's like it's like, a, it's like it seems like a remix but it, it's not like you didn't turn it into a dance song yeah it's not like a maxi single or anything yeah I, uh, <laughs> this universe is you and me would be a very strange dance song <laughs> it would be now listen to um biscuits and gravy i remember hearing it it was um was it on your demos? Yeah, there's a demo out of it. Okay, because I remember like I I can't remember too much about it because I consumed a bunch of it at the same time. That's kind of going through and um and, and earlier in in that day I'd heard a um a song by there's a band out of Austin called Jane Woe and I really I liked them and they came out with a new record and on the on the record there was a song called Gravy. Nice and I was just listen to it and then when i was listening to your song you had the biscuits and gravy song i was like oh it's like okay so the next time i do like another music 
list of you know like where, where i display all songs i'm going to do gravy and biscuits and gravy especially now if you're going to have a <laughs> whenever that comes out i'll make sure that I, i'll add that on there so i can put them together that'd be yeah. a good combo yeah that'd be really fun i wrote that song um right after the day after i visited um bill monroe's home place in beaver dam kentucky and uh, i was traveling up to pennsylvania um and uh sat down like you know after basically just eating a you know continental breakfast mm-hmm. um at, at a hotel and just being like god damn i really really could go for some like real biscuits and gravy right now you know <laughs> But then, like, all the other allusions in the lyrics are just, you know, it kind of, um, that I think I was, I think I was hungry for real food at that point. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's kind of like that. Well, what else in your life could you want, uh, in a more, you know, more reality from, um, without actually saying it? Uh, There's a lot of fun. I think it's pretty clever, like, short. Mm-hmm. thing you know it's only three verses and it doesn't say much but if you look closely at it, it it's kind of asking for something you know <laughs> it seems like a theme of yours to where it's like you kind of have to look at at the lyrics and on the face it's probably not exactly you have to look a little a little deeper into it um like i didn't i didn't realize until reading you know that like on double clown it was about a um i never can say the word but like what he was like a boat of vista or whatever like the boat yeah that yeah that comes out and he's the the clown outfit is a metaphor you know and he's reached yeah enlightenment or whatever and then um and nobody knows how to kind of see him or whatever what 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 to do and how to feel about it. and it, I, that's kind of what you get from it but i didn't take it as far as like someone that reached nirvana or whatever um yeah well i think songs can mean what whatever you want them to you know to like oh for sure i think there's there's a there's a there's a spectrum there uh but that one is like you know directly after getting my heart broke uh started listening to some alan watts lectures and i was like oh okay that makes sense you know (laughs) and there's one he has about um uh bodhisattvas para nirvana and then um there's another word that i have trouble conjuring sometimes but you know it's basically the two types of people who experience enlightenment one goes off into their bliss and the other goes back to their community and um you know hilarity ensues or whatever i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a it's a strange concept uh, I can't imagine when well, no, so I'll probably never get there because I can't imagine but I can't imagine you know achieving enlightenment anyways it takes a lot of work um that's I think that's got to be like your 100% focus for the rest of your life that's what you do you're constantly searching to trying to reach that moment and if you do I don't know how you come back from it. I don't know how you hang out with, reg- <laughs> with regular people anymore. You know, it's like, I, it's gotta be the, I just, cause, yeah. you, could, cause you couldn't tell no, about I it. Cause they wouldn't understand. They had to put the work in. I mean, I like, I like hearing about it. You know, I like, uh, the concept is, 
is nice, but it's, it sounds like a lot of hard work, you know? <laughs> and I, I always go with, the, I, I don't know a lot about Buddhism and Zen, Buddhism and Eastern philosophy and all that. I, I know enough to probably get me in trouble, but I, you know, um, but I really like the very simple, which I think is the Zen, you know, just that it is, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Every question like is, just is or whatever. And it's like, you're just, in right. this, you're, just <laughs> you're in this moment. This is the only thing that's real. You know, I've yeah. always, I've always loved that, you know, thought of, you know, just try to make this moment right now, the best moment that, that you physically can't, you know, try to make it count be aware, you know, be here, you know, be kind just, but this is, this is all you, this is the only real thing, you know, because everything that's happened is no longer real and whatever happens is going to happen is not real. So this one thing is the only real thing, you know? And so it just, it is. And I've loved, that gives me comfort where it freaks some people out, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of the stuff that I've read, like the, Eastern philosophy stuff that's like um, focused on Buddhism. I haven't read a lot about Zen Buddhism um, and and Taoism. Um, much of what's recorded or written down, the end goal largely is to basically put you back in your body. You know, like help you to experience the passage of time, you know, and, uh, in a more full way, in a more, um, a lot of it has to do with appreciating things and, and then, and then a lot, I mean, but, but the, the vast majority of the goal is let's get back to experience and let's enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I find, I find that very helpful because <laughs> there's, you know, days go by where I just can't find, you know, the, or, or you know, getting glazed over doing work and, yeah, sure. and getting, you know, getting into the, uh, like trenches of, well, you know, uh, what all, what all should I actually be focusing on? And then realizing, okay, well, I just kind of maybe is maybe that moment where I should focus on nothing for a minute, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to do. You can do it, but yeah, I know what you mean. You just, cause that you, you are, you're just experiencing the day, the, the, the work day, the bills coming in the mail, or you're experiencing the, the, the social media, the, whatever is going on in the world, you know, you're experiencing all these other things that don't really bring you a lot of joy. And I know that it's, you can't, I mean, sometimes you got to do the stuff you don't want to do and you got to experience that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a way to appreciate, you know, the mindfully appreciating the things that you don't necessarily want to do is just as much a part of it. Figuring out, you know, oh, well, this doesn't make me feel good, but how can I pass through this without, you know, how can, what's the, what's the most full way I could experience 
paying, you know, the electricity bill or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then realizing, oh, well, I when I do this, <laughs> it provides me with the electricity that I use. You know, I'm like, right. and I, work, I like that. <laughs> and I work from home. And if I don't have the electricity, then I ain't working from home. And then I'm going to have money to pay for electricity. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's important to bring things in, into uh, perspective and stuff for sure. You know, now because I mean, I, sometimes I feel like you know, it's like the problem with you know always be in this moment is that you're never preparing for future moments because they're not guaranteed. But you know, they still might come. You know, and when you're like, oh crap, it's winter time, and I didn't bury any nuts. You know, because <laughs> I was too busy being in the now. You know, and now I ain't got no nuts. I'm kind of, I'm kind of hungry. Yep. So we can't we can't fall into that trap either. Um, yeah, I wanted to, uh, before we wrap it up. Um, you had some other projects that you were involved in or or starting. You had um, so like the harmony is it's is that like a studio like a recording studio like where you make albums and stuff or you record for that kind of stuff. So it's like a marketing um, web design firm. Okay. Um, and it also uh, is a, like um, a production company. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you know, everything from an art commission uh, to, you know, like I'm working on um, Carson's Deli's website. Um, and you know, everything from doing the copywriting to paid search for a plumbing company to, um, you know, search, search engine optimization. It's, it's a bit of a catch all largely because I've kind of have gotten pretty good at, um, so many different things, um, that, you know, it, and, and a lot of them kind of come at and neat, neatly wrapped up in the package of web design, but it's not, it's not, I mean, web design isn't the exact thing that has to be done in order to um, retain those services. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I've got a few clients um, active right now and I've, I've had the privilege of uh helping you know everything from law firms to accounting firms to you know um real estate people i mean just kinds of all kinds of uh you know different people needing different things and i'm here to kind of get that solved for them no that's cool that you have that know-how and and that ability to provide that service because that keeps you making because because you're your, you're your own boss right correct yeah that's awesome yeah made the llc official in december last year oh no that, that's very cool man that's super cool yeah and then it's uh, been i mean i started it in february of last year i made um a website that was a personal portfolio um and resume for a friend of mine who also is a very talented comic book artist oh. 
Um, and that was kind of the first one that I had made recently, but it just kind of got me in the, in the wheelhouse of realizing, oh, I can do, you know, I can set up photography for people. I can do graphic design, you know, and kind of put bundling it all into one package. And, you know, I mean, people have kind of been coming out of the woodwork a little bit. Um, I think with the new year, things always kind of tend to slow down a little bit, but I've been, uh, you know, really it's been, it's, it's been a very nice, um, way to spend my days. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I think that's awesome. Now, so they, they find you like, like through word of mouth or just web searches. You, you don't have to go out and sell. I mean, I do some, some sales. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a mix of both. Um, and I can really only handle a few clients at a time. Um, unless, you know, there's not much of a rush, but with web design, people are usually in a in pretty a big hurry. Um, but then, you know, kind of when things slow down a little bit, um, I've, found this uh, subcontracting work with a company called Towards a Better World based in Colorado. Um, And I do marketing automations, um, you know, CSS coding, um, uh, just a menagerie of, I'm their kind of their rover. I'm, you know, they find a project they can't find a solution for and they bounce it over to me. And last year they got, um, we got, uh, top 40, top 40 new businesses in Denver, um, from their local magazine there, which is really exciting. Ah, that's sweet, man. I didn't know you did all that. I think that's so cool. I would, you know, I don't have any, any knowledge on how to do any of that, any of that kind of stuff. But to me, that would be, I'm sure that it has the same, you know, stresses and things that all jobs have, but that seems like that would be, you know, one of the cooler jobs. Yeah. And especially with like the subcontracting stuff that I do, one of the main tenets of her business is that she will only take on clients who are making the world a better place. So it's everything from yoga studios to doctor's offices. Um, anything that, is altruistic they will help but they'll turn people away if they're just profit driven you know financial institutions or or, or what have you you know yeah which i mean it always feels really good to sit down and work and know you're about to make the world a better place you know in some small way (laughs) yeah no if, if everybody could just do a little bit you know many hands little work yeah so, and then you had something else you said you were doing with uh, Josh Garcia. Yeah, and and Trey Smith. Trey Smith, that's right. Um, the three of us have kind of been just very slowly. We haven't, this is not an announcement, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're still in pre-launch, um, and we're putting together a record label. Um, Trey is in kind of the Denton area. And Josh is in the Austin area, and I'm here smack dab in the middle of DFW. Yeah. Um, so and the label is going to be called Market Records. Um, and our primary focus uh, in the short term is building community. 
Um, so we'll be doing digital distribution and setting up a network of vendors to give our artists access to. And um, there's also talk of a podcast. Oh, nice. Um, which we'll have to have you on. Okay. I'll come <laughs> on. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, and, you know, I mean, we, uh, Josh and I have been publishing our music under that um, copyright tag for the last year. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's, there's a, there's the beginning of like a feel for what the label is and will do. Um, and, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, rest remains to be seen as we kind of just start to publish some more things and, and bring some people up board. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, I can't wait to see where that's at in, in a few years. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, the hope is that we'll, we'll do like, uh, you know, a launch party, um, maybe toward the end of this year and just kind of plan something in each of the three different places and, uh, you know, just kind of see what, see what people think of it. So it's pretty exciting. The, yeah. um, we've already started building the community and, and we've already got a lot of people interested. Um, and you know, I, I think the more that we grow, the more we'll be able to offer, um, artists the ability to get back to the art, which is the main goal. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. There's a, uh, a guy in Austin, his name is Jeff and, um, <clears throat> he does, it's like S A U S T E X. So I think it's San Antonio, Austin, um, but it's sauce tech record. Oh, nice. You know, and, um, they have, I got, um, I was became familiar with them because of, uh, like, like they had the me thinks on one of their compilations. And I think me motor scooters on one of their, their compilations or whatever. And, um, but but it's a lot of Austin bands, a lot of San Antonio bands and that kind of area. But we went down there and watched, uh, they had a, it was unofficial South by Southwest thing at the, you know, they they had like all the, all the bands there that are, you know, not, not all the bands that are on label, but a lot of them that are on the label and stuff. And they were doing shows all day long, but that's where Jane Woe is. That's how I came to know Jane Woe and that band is because they're one of the sauce tech bands. So it's cool whenever you get a really good, I found several bands on this label that I just love. And, you know, um, so it's cool whenever there's a label that does something like that. Cause I like Texas music. It doesn't always have to be from, from here, you know? And so yeah, when you can find bands that are from San Antonio or Austin or Houston or, you know, Denton or, you know, wherever Amarillo, you know, it'd, it'd be cool to, um, you know, to have those guys on labels and stuff. Cause I think there are people out there that find them through those compilation lists and things like that. Right. Yeah. And it's cool to hear you say that that's how you came across Jane. Well, because that's the way I used to find obscure. That's the way I used to search for music, mm-hmm. you know, like years and years ago. I mean, all you could really do is go on the website of a label and go through their artist catalog and say, 
okay, well, maybe I'll buy a CD of theirs next time I go out mm -hmm. to where I can find obscure CDs, you know? Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, that was just such like a stronghold of music culture for me that I think has, you know, largely disappeared, maybe not entirely, but, you know, uh, searching for new music through, through labels, um, rather than, you know, algorithms or whatever. Right. Because, if, you know, and that's the way it was like in, in the grunge era, all, all of a sudden, if you were on sub pop, you're worth looking at, you know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a really big example of that, but that's, you know, that's what happened. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's if, if I know that a, that a label is, is a local label, um, like do for records out of Denton, um, then I always check out all the bands on that label just because one, I want to support a local, but usually they tend to kind of be similar, you know, if you like this band, yeah. you'll like this band. It's it usually, it's, you know, sometimes they can be all over the, you know, but some, but they always fit, you know, all the bands always kind of fit in, in this label. I don't know how they do it, but, um, but yeah, I like, the, totally. I like it when they come out like with the samplers and stuff. So it's got like a bunch of the different bands each, you know, with like one song, it's like 20, songs on it or whatever you can kind of go through and just right. kind of get a and so well that, that's cool man well good luck on that for sure thank you yeah and then um so yeah i want to make sure that everybody can go they can go to your website um neilmcallister.com and it's n-e-a-l mcallister um and there's a link from there to go to the mohay now website or you can go to mohaynow.com as well and find out all the information but on your website you have like your poetry and um and different things like and the different things like about harmony and stuff like that on there yeah yeah just so if yeah looking for anything like that then they know where to go yeah it's i mean it, they you know the the two websites kind of bridge back and forth to one another mm -hmm. um the the my personal side is kind of more for just you know poetry photo blog you know uh, i haven't written an essay in a while but that's where they go if i do um and um you know the merch from mohay now which there isn't much right now i think you know there's uh some stickers i think you can you can pick up a sticker you can pick up uh we're about to do a shirt before too long. Nice. Um, Zach Dominguez is working on it and you can pre-order, um, the second edition of ramble number one. Um, I'm printing some retractions and, and going through, uh, with a fine tooth comb, making sure that's, that's one of my next projects after I finish editing my friend's poetry book. Um, and then, yeah, and then everything um, on the Hey Now is, you know, video. There's a video uh, page, and um, eventually we'll get some lyrics up there and some more photos. But just doing it as it comes. Yeah. And having fun with it. It's looking good. And then uh, if they want to find out, like, where and when you're playing next, can they? are they on those websites as well, like your live shows? Uh, that, yeah, that would, that would come up there. Okay. Um, we don't have anything booked for the short term. We're kind of still focusing on studio work. Um, and so we've got, 
you know, about 15 songs to finish, um, eight more that are just kind of some of these like interesting compositions that I got to figure out something to do with. Um, and I think we might be, might be looking at booking maybe late spring, summertime, but, uh, I also do some live streaming. We sometimes uh, live stream our rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one way to catch us. But right now there's not, you know, I think the only time we really plan to book some things, there might be something on March 31st. Um, uh, But it's usually in, in concert with like a release happening. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, you do have uh, Instagram and TikTok. They yes. Can, they can yeah, and I there. just... Yep. My Instagram is Neil McAllister. Um, and Mo hey now, And I think that should... There are links to all that stuff on the website, too. Okay, yeah, that's right. There is. It shows you the Facebook page, Twitter page, all that stuff. Perfect. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm going to close out the show with the um, the universe is you and me. Awesome, yeah. I wrote that one for my kiddo. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah really well, like thank it. you so much. It's been a pleasure being on the show with you. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I always enjoy talking to you. And so I've been looking forward to it all week long. Same here. And so... <laughs> I hope it went all right for you and it wasn't too nerve wracking. Oh, I had a great time. Good deal. Awesome. I did too, man. All right, brother. Well, hope, hopefully I'll, I'll see you soon, but um, I'll keep yeah. in contact. Sounds good. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. It's just a lazy little Is up about the cloud. It's just a
to see.